Hey, are you aware of the Pamela Anderson Vore video? Welcome to the 2000s. I hate this town. I hate this fucking town. I don't even want to be in this town. She's got dreams too big for this town. Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk anime pop retrospective. I'm as always Elaine, and with me there are two other lovely hosts. Two whole of them. Hello, two other hosts. Hello, I'm Toast, <laughs> Sybil. Hi, I'm Adam. And today we're talking about Yellow Card. They are okay. Ooh. They're not great. They're not bad. They're not good. They're not great. They're okay. They're extremely okay. You just have a headache. I mean, I have a headache. I still think they're okay. They're pretty good. Speaking of things that are crimes, but not crimes and feel like they should be, we have the obligatory. But this is also one of those things where it's like, uh, maybe you're just assholes. Because you see, uh, Yellow Card has alleged in a lawsuit that the late rapper Juice World and his single Lucid Dreams stole a melody from their We Haven't Listened To It Yet 2006 track Hollywood Died. The similarities seem tenuous at best for many of us listening to it. It's not like it's a particularly standout melody. I mean, it's a similar melody, but it's sort of the basicest melody Ever, it's like, yeah, okay, I can see that, but also like, fuck you, right? And the band continued to keep up the lawsuit for roughly half a year after the death of Juice World, which is sort of incredibly shitty to do. Months later after the death, it was finally dismissed, while stating, since it was dismissed without prejudice, it can be refiled if they wish to do so. Really just absolute dick move hours all around. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Especially since the holder of the estate was her mother. They were literally suing her grieving mother. It sucks. It's really bad. (laughs) It doesn't paint them in any particular positive light at all. Just makes them sound like massive pricks. It's fun. Sort of. It's definitely a dick move worth mentioning. It is worth mentioning. I don't know if it's a fun thing to talk about. Not if the obligatories are a fun thing to talk about. I guess fun in the wider sense, just like when I say, I'm incredibly lonely. That's so fun. Like, I don't mean fun. I mean fun. No. No, Ellie. What? What? I think you're just using the word wrong. Speaking of not speaking English natively, Yellow Card was founded in 1997 in Jacksonville, Florida, where its members met at an art school. The founding members were Ben Dobson on vocals, Ben Harper, not the famous one, on guitar, Todd Clary on other guitar, Warren Cook on bass, Longinue W. Parsons III on drums, and Sean Mackey on violin. This band's entire personality is we're the pop-punk band with a violin, and for what it's worth, it does work pretty well a lot of the time. Well, they started off the hardcore punk band with the violin, and then evolved from there. Yeah, well, if you're a hardcore punk band with a violin, you better get used to buying more violins. (laughs) Violins are expensive. Yeah, which means you'd better be a damn successful punk band. Guess so. Or... You'd better be really good at jimmying open the locks to local music shops on tour. You know, that, I think, sounds plausible. 
Wow. The band's name comes from the fact that in high school, whenever someone would do something stupid at a party, they would say that there was a yellow card for a party foul. The band's first two records are named Midget Tossing and Where We Stand, because it was the 90s. While still sort of poppy, the original lineup was a bit more akin to hardcore punk, and this changes when somewhere between 99 and 2000 the lead singer is replaced with Ryan Key as Todd Clary leaves the band. After their singer changes, and just before Clary leaves, the band records the EP still standing with a more marked move towards pop punk. After sending the new EP to friend Steve Lebarski at Lobster Records, Boy, that's a sentence. The band signed its first recording contract in June 2000, and in November, they headed out west to Camarillo, California to begin working on another full-length album. To all trans people currently looking to leave Florida, that's the solution. Start a pop-punk band. You'll end up in California in no time. Mmm, but you might end up in Chicago. Is that bad? I only know that CM Punk is from there. Do you really want to be from the hometown of CM Punk? No, no. Exactly. He got destroyed in like about five minutes in one of the most compelling story bit on wrestling television as of late on Dynamite by John Moxley. It was great. And that's after he spent about four years getting destroyed in uh, MMA. CM Punk has become the most charismatic jobber you know. The group releases its third album, One for the Kids, on Lobster Records in 2001, and follows up with the Underdog EP on Fueled by Ramen Records in 2002. That's right, 9-11 meant they got kicked off Lobster Records. In 2002, Warren Cook will leave the band for personal reasons, and he will briefly be replaced by Pete Mosley. The band signs with Capitol Records shortly after this, thanks to a friend of their booking agent, who in turn was friends with an AR representative at Capitol, who in turn was friends with an actual executive so the ANR representative could get something done. But as they readied to record this album, Ocean Avenue, Pete Mosley decided he wanted to focus more on his other bands. So bass was played by Alex Lewis, whose sister, Aliki Wingevelt, contributed vocals to the Ocean Avenue track View from Heaven. We'll get there. With all its names and lore, this history is basically the Elden Ring of pop punk bands. They're not, they're not homophonic enough to be that, but we're getting close. That does explain the violin. Anyhow, the record was produced by Neil Avron, the person who gave us the masterpiece SR-71's Tomorrow and Everclear's So Much for the Afterglow. Basically, if you have a certain amount of divorced dad energy, Neil Avron will be summoned. And if you're wondering how Yellowcard gets that, don't worry, we'll get there. After plenty of Warped Tour appearances, Ocean Avenue was eventually released on July 22, 2003 through Capitol Records. When the band finished their performance on the Warped Tour in August, they took a club tour in the U.S., followed by a few radio show appearances. The music video for Way Away premiered on the OC on September 2, 2003, and at some point... We're going to have to talk about how the OC existed in pop culture. God, the OC. My stepmom loved that show, I think. The band would also go on an extensive promotional TV tour as they appeared on every talk show, including Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, and a bunch of other old white dudes only Americans care about. Why would you not mention David Letterman or Conan? The good ones. They weren't on Wikipedia? All right. Successive singles will be Ocean Avenue, Only One, and Believe, with Ocean Avenue being their runaway pop success, peaking at number 37 in the U.S. Hot 100. The record is currently certified gold, bringing them to the upper echelon of pop relevance for the genre.
So the video for Way Away is the band playing in an airport parking lot, which then becomes a grocery store parking lot, while a weird alternate universe time-displaced clone of the singer just stares at them and lives out his normal dreary life. And then at the end, he packs all his shit into a car and drives off into the sunset. So I have a massive headache and we just had like a 20 minute long incident with my microphone. So I'm going to be fundamentally useless for this episode, but this is a decent opening track. I really like it. It's fun. Yeah, it's catchy as hell. I can still sing the chorus from memory. It's not bad. It's sort of like a pop punk song, but with a lot of emo influences, like especially the singer dude is very emo. The bit guitar is mildly bad. And uh, the violin adds, because it is sort of like a batty, sort of dark tone to the song. And the violin adds drama, because that's, uh, you know, a classical instrument. This also does sort of have, like, mild Christian rock vibes, both in the lyrics and in the music, but without Jesus in it. So my last note for this is bring back Christ in Extian rock. I did go looking to see if they were a Christian band based on the lyrics of this track. They are not. I I, I, I don't think they are. They, they're just like, they just have that sort of like clean cat like vibe that a lot of Christian bands have without, you know, the... the... I mean, when the chorus ends with way away away so you can see how it feels to be alone and not believe anything. Yeah, it's very easy to make that guess. I liked it a lot. It sounds very nice. That's about all you're going to be getting from me. I'm in a lot of pain. Well, I guess I'm going to be the energy on this episode, and that's great because uh, this song was in SSX3, which I will always associate it with, and it is wonderful because that game's sound engine will, when you are in slower moments or not in a high action area, like if you're just in some dead space, slowly mix down the track to where you're just dealing Wait, with- Wait, the song is in dead space? Yes. Uh, when you're in outer space looking at the obelisk, you just suddenly hear, it feels to be alone and not believe, outside of the capsule. That would be terrifying. That would actually be terrifying. <laughs> what video game was it actually in? SSX3, snowboarding game. Oh, that explains why I don't know it. Yep. Are you not a big fan of snowboarding, Adam? Uh, I mean, not enough so that I would play a video game about it. Fair enough. Have you ever snowboarded in real life? Okay, please consider who you're talking to. What do you think would happen if I got on a snowboard? You would lose about <laughs> three more ribs. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> Look, you only have 30 of those. Wait, how much? How many ribs do people have? Uh, under 30. I, I think it's 24 tops, if you're counting each individual pair as two. Okay, well, you have a limited amount of those. It is. We do have 24 ribs. Cool. I do remember some medical school training. So, the other thing about this song... So, wait, 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 wait. We have... As many ribs as there are hours in a day? Yeah. Is that something? <laughs> yeah. Is that something that you can spin into a thing? You, you've cracked some sort of code in the universe. Yes, Ellie. Good job. <laughs> okay. I don't know which code yet, but I've cracked something here. <laughs> ribs. You've cracked ribs. And my rib's not cracked. It's just it wasn't in the right spot for a while. Uh, it's worth mentioning the violin really does add an interesting spice to this album, because Ellie said it brings a sort of sense of emo drama, but it doesn't get used all the time. It's punctuation. They save it as basically something you pull out. They they use it as a guitar riff. But not every time. It's interesting because it does get used a lot as the buildup or... In the final climax of the songs, it's coming down the road. It's well used. It's 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 good. It makes them very much not... Like, if this record didn't have the violin, it would be way boringer. Yes. Way more boring. Also, uh, former lead guitarist Ben Harper mentioned that Way Away is, in reading that Christian rock vibe, about our band and facing the people who didn't believe in what we were doing. That's kind of like an ode to disbelievers. 
Oh dear. Sure. So they're God. If in in their version of a Christian band, they're God. Good for them. Breathing, track two. This is my top song for the record. I really like this one. Mm-hmm. My 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 first note on this is that this is basically what would be the soundtrack for an American remake of Madoka Magica, <laughs> made in the 2000s. That's still such an amazing sentence every time you say it. <laughs> I'm just saying we all have seen the picture for the Sailor Moon uh, 80s series made by the He-Man people. If Madoka got the treatment in the 2000, this would be playing in the background. Really, are you pitching an entire alternate universe where anime just kept getting localized into weird alternate universe series like Doozy Bots? Yes, and in my brain, um, the people who made Code Lyoko have made the the Madoka remake. Oh, I have God. a whole thing in my head. I have a whole you universe. Have a whole in my cinematic head universe. Right oh my God! Horrible CGI Cube. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. See, now people will actually want to kill it with fire. I thought he was incredibly charming. <laughs> of course, you like the evil mascot. He had a point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm just saying. What are we going to do with you? Yeah, so this track is an interesting bit. We have a song about a disintegrating relationship. This is their take on a Cure album, and it's, you know, a little peppier, but it still works. The violin breaks rules on this. That's even... You'd say Cure? I say this sounds like... That's cool. This like fucking has a butt rock vibe. Dark sounding, that violin break is super, like, gothy and dark, but in a very 2000 way. It's a bit long, which is a problem with a lot of songs on this record, I feel. They're all between three to four minutes, and they don't play a lot with the structure, so at some point it's just, like, repeating, repeating, repeating. Here's a very long bridge. I w- They're not, their bridges are sort of meh. They're sort of mid-bridges there. I have it written down that this is not all hard riffs, and it has sort of a syncopating beat. Yeah, yeah. I, I Again, I do like that violin going... That's very... Very anxiety. Lyrically speaking, I think probably I can definitely imagine this as at the very least a Madoka Magica AMV. Oh, you've said the words. Oh, something about amv.org has their search breaking every time I try right now. So let me try doing this through Google. One moment. Every time I click it, I get the dead bird icon. Oh, no. Uh, There are 574 hits for yellow card breathing. Okay, so it's just adding everything that has that. All right, let me try the super search. One second. Uh, nope. Nope, sorry, not of that specific combo. Well, if I had video skills, I would do it. It did get me an AMV of Madoka Magica to Ashes Remains Keep Me Breathing, though. I don't know what that is. I don't either, but I'm sure someone just cringed. I mean, if your AMV doesn't make at least some people cringe, are you really doing it right? Cringe is the new cool. I wouldn't go that far. Ocean Avenue. On the corner of Cherry Street We would walk on the beach in our bare feet We were both 18 and it felt so right Sleeping all day, staying up all night Staying up all night If I could find you now Things would get better We could 
love this song. Yeah, it's pretty good. I was very convinced that I had heard this in some soundtracks, but Toonfine shows it in no media. I guess it's in Rock Band. Maybe I did just hear this on the radio. It is pretty catchy. This song is in the, like, 16-minute-long uh, pop-punk and emo-pop uh, mashup that I found on Tumblr, like, uh, five years ago that still lives inside my um, music library. So, I like it. Mm-hmm. Look, I was 10 when this song came out, and I really liked it when I was 10. Mm-hmm. It's very catchy. No, this is a really good jam. I didn't find it until I was, like, 18, so... So, like, a year ago? Which, which was, like, five years ago. Maybe six. <laughs> six years ago. Jesus. I'm turning 24 on Tuesday, so... I'm almost 30! I'm almost 40. We're old! Sybil is basically a skeleton! <laughs> God, I wish, although I wouldn't have more tits that way either. Don't give up, Skeleton! You'll get those tits! You know how they're always putting tits on things that aren't supposed to have it? Like, lizard people and snake people? Like, I'm sure that they can put tits on a skeleton. I'm sure they can do it. Speaking of not a negative, uh, yeah, Ocean Avenue really has a great video because it's a... It's a time loop. Yeah, it's a time loop where the lead singer is constantly getting hit by cars or beaten to death and then waking up in a pile of glass the next morning. Tasty. And his eventual goal is to stop a muscle car that we find out has a hot spy in it who will invite him into her life so they can go off and have adventures. That's fun. It's a, it's a fun video and it's a fun song and I don't have a lot to say about it except it's like, it's sort of a mid-pop-punk song with violin, which makes it above average, because the violin makes it better, and it's very catchy. And that's it. There's not a lot to, There's not a lot of significant critique that I can do about this song, aside from like, oh yeah, it sounds good. There's a lot of tracks on this album which are just telling you the thing that is the title of our podcast, which is just get out of that town. I mean, the entire chorus is, if I could find you now, things would get better. We could leave this town and run forever. I know somewhere, somehow, we'll be together. Let your waves crash down on me and take me away. I was reading an interview that apparently this is, like, specifically about, like, Jacksonville, which, like, you know, at least from from the reports of people who live in and around Florida. Like, yeah, I get it. Florida is like the beach dark world. It makes sense if you've been there. Okay. You should go there, Ellie. Go to Florida. No, they kill trans people there. That's a much darker response than I expected, but you're not wrong. Ellie, I got some bad news for you about pretty much everywhere in the world. <laughs> I'm going, I'm about to move to the UK. Yeah, speaking of dark world beaches. That's not even a beach. That's a dark world crumpet. <laughs> oh. You know what? I'm just going to let that sit as the new title of the podcast, Dark World Crumpet. (laughs) Alright, now that I've been incapacitated again. Is it bad for you to laugh with the whole rib thing? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. sorry. I need to be unfunny this episode. I can do that. Only this episode? (laughs) Well, I, you know... I'm not gonna ask for y'all to be unfunny. I'm just... If I suddenly go quiet for a while, I'm probably dying. Gotcha. If I go quiet for a while, I've probably died too. Empty Apartment, track four. Apartment is not the worst ballad on the record. So, okay, let's talk about this. This is sort of like the intro is shit. 
the intro sort of sucks, it's like a standard ballad intro. Then it actually sort of goes into like an almost bluesy sound, like I really like the guitar on this one. It's um, it's interesting, it's, I think it's a notch over a lot of pop punk ballads, except for the fact that the singer opens his mouth. <laughs> I really like what the guitar is doing on this, it's like a very moody, almost bluesy ballad on this, it's, it has a good vibe. And then the chorus arrives when the singer belts this like really ass sounding chorus, do not confuse with butt sounding choruses, which are different, it's an important distinction. No, it belts this like really ass chorus in the most Nathanly emo-ish pop punk voice ever that works in some tracks. It really doesn't work in this specific track, especially with the whole moody like bluesy stuff that was going on musically with the guitar. So in conclusion, Empty Apartment is a land of contrasts. The lyrics are interesting. This song is a tribute song to a unnamed former band member. And apparently Ryan Key says that the track is emotional for the whole group as a result. Hmm. One might say that it's emo emotional. No, no, no. This is actually the Ocean Avenue. Emo Ocean Avenue. Is the empty apartment in Ocean Avenue? Is that the address? Uh, everything in Ocean Avenue is going to be underwater because of Florida, so. <laughs> oh, global warming. We love it. We love it to see it. Yeah. I mean, that does put the uh, lyrics into context. Yeah, it's it's not a dead person song, but it, as a tribute to a former bandmate, I will not rib it too hard. I do think the long marching band outro is a little much. Mm-hmm. Also, like, given the history of this band, we don't know which uh, former bandmate. They have, like, ten hundred bandmates that they rotated out. <laughs> Yeah, one of them is going to be out of the band after this album again. Mm-hmm. Replaced by one of the original band members. It's weird. I can hear the circus music playing in the background as they swap around. <laughs> Look, you have to optimize your party uh, according to the next encounter that you're facing. Only if you're a loser. It's not my fault we took the bass player out because we need another bard. <laughs> Bard is a DPS mm. class. Bass players are just support. Sure. Fascinating. Speaking of dead people, life a salesman. Like, I like this song for so This is about his dead father, right? I don't know if his father was dead at the time. I was just making a joke about how it's a reference to Death of a Salesman. Fair enough. Um, Yeah, it feels like it's about, like, a a passed away family member. Like, it's about his father. I don't know if he was dead at the time. But also the intro sounds like Mario Kart. (laughs) The violin intro to me, like, the first thing that my brain thought is like, oh, a biocart racing is starting. The rest of the song is excellent. That violin riff just sounds like Mario Kart to me, which is not even a bad thing. It just, like, my brain goes, oh, Mario Kart. Since you pointed it out, it has kind of tainted that opening bit for me, but also, you know. In terms of... It's Mario Kart. It's not, but you're allowed to be wrong sometimes. In terms of pop punk daddy issue tracks, this one's pretty good. This has some great violin ska energy. I could pogo to this. It doesn't drag. It's a very energetic track. And the whole thing is about... Hey, congrats, you're the reason I grew up right, Dad. That's it, it's a tribute. Yeah, it seems nice. The fact that it doesn't devolve into a dirge, especially from a band with a violin, 
is a nice change of pace, and for that I give it extra points. I like the violin at the beginning. I don't think it sounds like Mario Kart. I think it sounds nice and sunny. It's Mario Kart. Maybe I haven't played enough Mario Kart. Okay. Maybe. We should play some Mario Kart. Speaking of blue shells, only one. This one is over four minutes long, which exceeds my current patience levels. The first time I listened to this, I was doing something else, but for some reason I think I found something interesting in this because I wrote down, I'll get back to this, as if I I wanted to go back to this and write more accurate notes. And then when I got back to this, I hated it. I don't know why I liked it the first time. <laughs> um, this is Tom DeLonge bullshit. The, the singer is marginally better than song, Tom DeLonge's singing, but this sounds like an Angel and Airway song. This sounds like a Boxcar Racer song. I hate it. I don't know why they have elect- electro strings, or whatever is that guitar effect they have in the song, when you have an actual violin in the band that could do that bit. Um, for fun and flavor. But it's shit to flavor. It's the worst dredge of of 2000 pop flavor. I hate that sound. <laughs> Girl, you are the one that wanted to do a pop punk 2000s podcast. Oh, that is not even a pop punk sound. That is like pop ballad sound. It's like on all of the fucking 2000 pop ballad. Waka 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 waka. That's Limp Biscuit. Yes, but um, (laughs) (laughs) this Uh, got you there. This song has the final video on the album, and it's where everyone is marching in the "We're Getting Laid" parade until the police show up. I don't know what that means, but seems accurate. I mean, that's kind of the entire thing, which is why he's holding hands with a girl the whole time, and. Then suddenly the cops break them apart. That's why it turns into a breakup song. This is if Powder's new tribe video sucks. Sure. I don't like this song. It's bad. It is the weakest of the singles by a mile, a bad breakup ballad where the point is keep grinding and you can get a partner. Anyhow, this song is also about uh, lead vocalist Ryan Key breaking up with an ex-girlfriend named Stacy, which he explained in a very weird chain on an AMA on Reddit. Did he break up with her for her mom? <laughs> <laughs> he just felt like he had to do it, even though she didn't do anything wrong. And that's what I think the song says. However, this came up because a user in the comments asked, "Did you write only one after you broke up with Stacy? We played PlayStation together one time because my best friend's sister Stacy was dating you." I did. Also, I remember that PlayStation. I beat Metal Gear on it. Ryan Key. Interesting. <laughs> what a wild dist- My best friend's sister Stacy knew you, so we played PlayStation once. Nowadays, you wouldn't have to know his best friend's sister Stacy to do that. You can play video games miles apart. If I could, I would do all of this again. Travel back in time with you to where this all began. We could hide inside ourselves and leave the world behind. And make believe there's something left to find. We'll be miles apart. I'll keep you deep This is one of my two I have very little to say about this tracks. Yeah. It, it sounds like simple plan, but less shite. Um, but fine. It has violin in it, which makes it better than a normal simple plan song. The bridge sort of sucks. The bridge sounds like 
I'm pretty sure Good Charlotte did this exact same bridge in about four songs. Um, the bridge sounds a bit Good Charlotte-y, the other bit sounds a bit simple, plan-y, but there is a violin and there is a solid understanding of melody and of making an enjoyable song. It's okay! I'm not gonna pan it, it reminds me to a bunch of things that didn't quite work for me, but it's better executed. My favorite part of the song is that I misheard the lyrics on the bridge repeatedly and thought he was saying I'd get it up for just one more day. (laughs) 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 Yeah, then I looked at the lyrics and went, oh, that makes more sense. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. They're not blink, sadly. Their lyrics are very normal. They, They do not have the pop punk spunk. Where they just talk about dicks. Like Blink does. Okay. Speaking of spunk, though, we're about to go into the back half of this album, and that's where everything gets crazy. Are we let's, ready? Let's dive. Yeah, let's dive into, into the dark world. Let's talk about 23. comes on with raw speed and a power violin opening. Yes, so if the fur if the previous is the song that we talked before was Mario Kart, this is Smash Bros. This opens with Smash Bros music. Oh my god, it's not Smash Bros music. I thought Smash Brothers music came from other games. I guess it's not Smash Bros, but this is like fighting game music. This is like something out of Street Fighter or something. The part where this turns into a murder song in the middle was a surprise. Was it fun for you to watch him fall apart and suffocate him while you held him in your arms? I swear to God- I think that's a metaphor. Okay, but then it's, I swear to God, I wish he didn't let you in and I hope we never hear from you again. I think those are all some metaphors. You know, this definitely feels like it might be talking about the same thing that one of the other songs was talking about, but this time talking to the other half of the equation. Maybe, but also, there's a constant refrain of you tell the world I'm dead to you after the murder part. So maybe... Sybil, do we need to explain to you what metaphors are? You can, but I'm still going to say that Yellow Card has a body count of one, and it's only going to go up from here. See... I think that Yellow Card doesn't have the body count, even if it is taking literally because they're talking to somebody else that's not them doing the murder. Yeah, it could be the ex-girlfriend killed the guy. See, that's that's what that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Sometimes your ex-girlfriend just kills a guy. Okay, game pitch. A murder mystery. Like, imagine like her story or whatever. I haven't actually played her story, but I imagine it's like a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Except instead of videos of interrogation, you get pop punk songs. Have to figure out who did it. Do, do, do. Gonna type in cursed words. <laughs> what are you typing, Sybil? Someone take Sybil's keyboard away. Oh, apparently there are there are hits for pop punk murder mystery. Some of them are independent books. Oh. That's not too cursed. Yeah. But yeah, I like the song. It sounds good. It's fast. It has energy. It has some really cool melodic idea. It sort of sounds like one of the best Blink tracks, but with violin, which is the whole personality of this band. I was also thinking it sounded Blinkish, but in a good way. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm very fond of this song. It's just halfway through, I had to go, wait, did we just hear, is this a murder song? Yeah, this is, this is one of the faster and more energetic songs of the record, and I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's also the only time the violin is going pretty much nonstop. Yeah, because it's doing the fighting game music, the Smash Bros. music. It's good. I'm not. It's not a critique. It sounds like something that you'd hear in an anime fighting game. It sounds Dragon Ball-y, almost. Well, that explains why I like it. Are you are you are you happy, uh, Adam, as a resident zoomer, that they've added Dragon Ball characters to Fortnite? <sighs> See, I was just about to bring that up because I, as I'm walking. Um, you know, getting uh, heat exhaustion walking to the bus stop from Pride, I pass the fancy movie theater downtown, and it says Dragon Ball on the little lettery thing that they use to tell you what movies are up. And I was like, what the fuck? Why are they playing Dragon Ball in the fancy theater? Yeah, it made 21 mil with number one last week. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Dragon Ball probably could have been retired uh, before this, maybe. It's it's still number five by early estimates for the weekend. Don't get me wrong, I do I do love Dragon Ball, but I think maybe there was a time to put it out to pasture, and that time might have been before GT. <laughs> yeah. Super is okay. What I've seen of Super is, like, pretty okay. I will stand up for Super. Mm. View from Heaven! this one. Oh, this is the one that has a folk vibe and the violin sounds like, you know, they're fiddling a fiddle. Um, I don't know why this exists. This is the honky-tonk song with the dead woman. Yes. I like folk songs, but I don't like folk songs by pop punk. I think <laughs> that's a completely sensible stance, Adam. <laughs> Aside from that one um, Get Up Kids record, that one was okay. Mm. But aside from that, I think that's a completely sensible stance. It's so, a bit like uh, in the last episode, two episodes ago, I banned strings from Pop Punk. Well, they get their violin, they're fine. But aside from that, ban strings from Pop Punk, ban folk music from Pop Punk. Ban um, pop from Pop Punk. This is explicitly a dead girlfriend song, by the way. Oh dear. Yeah, sure, why not? Yep. We all have one of those. For what it's worth, I do have a dead girlfriend. I just don't have a song about it. I don't think you want me to write one. But yeah, there's there's not much to say about this other than this is going in a sort of folk country style that you don't get on the rest of the album. And then they just suddenly drop in the middle of chorus that, uh, Hey, I hope that all's well in heaven because it's all shot to hell down here. I hope that I find you in heaven, because I'm so lost without you down here. Speaking of, let's talk about Inside Out, not the Disney movie. Ah, Sorry, nope. I got excited for a second. I like that movie. It's nope. Good. You are not allowed to have any discussion of Lewis Black. You have to talk about Yellow Card.
seems like it's an okay song. Yeah, the diff, the the this is the start of the back half where I just didn't give a shit about the back half, the back turn. It's not bad. It's acceptable. I don't see anything that points to it being another body count song. It's not a body count song, but it is a I want you to be jealous of me. Come on, do it. Feel bad. Feel bad that you're not with me. That's the whole vibe of this. It's a real unhealthy breakup track. Yeah. This is a song where I realized that there's a problem with this band, like a structural problem with how they exist. Which is, they are trying really hard. Like, it's fine to try real hard if you're making an artsy record. Like, we like Vendetta Red because they were trying real hard to be artsy. These dudes are trying to really hard to be pop punk. And the problem with pop trying really hard to be pop punk is that one of the appeal of pop punk is like sort of the effortlessness. Like, is to be very casual and cool about it. Like, Blink never gives you the impression that they're trying really hard. Like, half of their songs are about dicks and balls and, like, butt plugs. Like, not all of their songs are about that, but at least half are about that. Um, which, you know, it's very casual. It's very, like, bros, right? I'm sure the Yellow Card is not emo enough to try this hard which makes them sort of uncool on a basic level. <laughs> um, which doesn't mean they're bad, it just means that like you listen to them and it's good, but it doesn't really fit with everything. It's like, they put to, like the violin, the violin is a lot of effort. Like you have a violin and I love the violin, but it is a lot of effort. And then you have all of this, not great, but like carefully constructed lyrics about topics and things. You know, even you're not just talking, you know, you're not just, you're, you're not talking in casual speech. And it does sound like these people, like they do come off, even if they're probably not. They're, they're trying to make a very recent pop record. Ellie, is this where I tell you that they don't have an album that doesn't enter the top 25 on the charts until 2014? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna still stand on that, that they don't have a deep they don't have the cultural impacts of bands like Sam Forty One or Blink. I mean I'll give you that. I'm just saying that Yellow Card has faded away is definitely not one hundred percent because they continue to hit things. Their next album actually goes higher than this, even if it doesn't in sales. It's just got a higher one week peak. And uh, a lot of their stuff is going to make it around ten. I was um I was reading at some point uh, apparently the um, they eventually signed with uh, the um, record label that does Kid Bops in their later years. That might be Razor and Tie because the only people they're with yes. after Capital is Hopeless and Razor and Tie. That's Razor and Tie. You're right. That is the label that does this. I'll be damned. Anyhow. Kids Pop is once again relevant to the podcast. Pop Punk is the Kid Bops of Punk. Razor and Tie titles. Other successful titles in the early 2000s included the DVD release of Biggie and Tupac and Darren's Dance Grooves. I'm sorry, they got to start releasing the original cast recordings of Book of Mormon. Who is this fucking company that I've never heard of? Wow. They make Kid Bops. We've just uncovered something. <laughs> Today we're uncovering a lot of things. We're breaking a lot of codes here. Ribs and <laughs> razor and tie. <laughs> your your ribs are not broken, Adam. Don't this is lie. True, true. But we did crack the code about them, which is that we have twenty four ribs yeah. and twenty four hours in the day. Remember? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Hey, you want to hear something really sobering about the music industry in our modern era? Kids Bop holds the title for the most top 10 debuts of any artist in this century. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, that sounds correct. I'm legitimately depressed now. We have to go on to Believe, which is also depressing.
I can't believe it. Okay, I have literally no notes for the last three songs. Oh, I have a note for I have a note for this song, which is what the fuck is that guitar sound? It sounds like Linkin Park. Oh, see, I liked that bit. I, 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 it's not a bad thing. I, I'm just it just surprised me on this record. I'm sorry. I think it's fine. Did did neither of you have any comments on the other real big thing about this track? Um, Which track? Was I paying attention? No. It was four and a half minutes long. Yeah, I have a massive headache, so... This is the what track that, A, I, I wrote sounded like an audition for a Spider-Man soundtrack, and then I found out, oh, their next album has a song on the Spider-Man 2 soundtrack, so oh. good on that. But nice. this song ends with audio clips from the 9-11 memorial. It's Does President it? Bush giving a fucking speech. Oh, yeah. Did not hear any of that because it is four and a half minutes long, and I was like, oh, this is words. This isn't music. I don't need to listen to it. Uh, I, I sort of skipped around for the last three tracks because, again, I had a massive headache at this point. It's not a <laughs> record's fault. It's just me sleeping on a couch fault. Yeah, the song is... <laughs> This song is a tribute to all the first responders on 9-11, and then it ends with actual recordings of speeches. Well, okay. good for them. Well, you know, I have nothing against 9-11 first responders. <laughs> God, I'm gonna say this, it's a hot take, it's a, it's a bold thing to say, but I have literally nothing, nothing against 9-11 first responder. They're probably good people. Ellie, when you first said that, you paused a little bit between nothing against 9-11 and first responders, and I thought that you were just going to cut it there. <laughs> I was like, Ellie, he can't just... And after this uh, enriching discussion, we go to one year, six months. of reason and regret so I will not forget I will not forget how this felt one year six months ago I know I cannot forget I cannot forget I'm falling into memories of you I, the last two tracks are just sucks for me. I like the guitar, but it's kind of nothing. It's a little, uh, little, I think, a little more nasal than some of the rest of the songs, and a little bit more. Mm, I don't know. It's not, not my vibe. Okay, you two both really started tuning out the lyrics in this back chunk, because this is where it gets... I, 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 I tuned out everything in this last three tracks. I told you, I, I was uh, not fully conscious, because... Ow. We're, we're both hurt. One person is more hurt than the other, but we're both hurt. This song is, <laughs> what if they might be giants were horny? Oh no... <laughs> Because it's a track that's just Don't. clapping and tambourines and a thirst for pussy. And it's just him talking about how he's jerking it to moments they spent together. <laughs> so many nights, legs tangled tight, wrap me up in a dream with you. Close up these eyes, try not to cry. All I've got to pull me through is memories of you. I'm falling into memories of you and things we used to do. He's jerking it to them fucking in his head. Babe, let's make this an orgy. You know, you're allowed to do that. Maybe not make a song about it. But you're allowed <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Eh. I... I... I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because you all kept missing the sheer curveballs <laughs> this record was throwing. Yeah... Uh, I am not at my most perceptive. Me neither. Ah, <sighs> that's why we have you, Sebo. You're the you're the you're the one who thinks straight on this podcast. I am the straightest one of us on this podcast. Wow. And now we can go to 
back home. We can go back home. This is an outro track. That's fine. I like it. It's nice. That's fine. It's better than the previous one. Sybil, <laughs> mm-hmm. are there any secret horny uh, uh, they might be giants vibes to this one? No, I got really mad because I misheard the lyrics and I was saying, don't write a song about coming home to my state, you Florida fucks. But then I realized I misheard a lyric. <laughs> oh, dear. That's it. You are very protected about California. It's a shame that it will be deep in the water in like three years. We have a lot of mountains. We will stand up. Eh, that's gonna be a lot of water, Sable. It's gonna be a lot of water. Okay, if there's enough water to bury our mountains, then I don't think that uh, you're gonna be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as the... To paraphrase a My Chemical Romance classic, I'm already not okay. And speaking of My Chemical Romance... We're all gonna dress up in cheerleader I mean, we have to mention that Gerard Way trended on Twitter because he was wearing a cheerleader outfit. What? I didn't know about that. I think it... You didn't know about that? No! Are you not on Twitter? Or and or Tumblr? It, it was everywhere. Although, as I mentioned, all of my friends that aren't on this podcast are very big My Chemical Romance fans and also queer, so. Why aren't your friend listening to our podcast? I said that aren't on this podcast. Are they listening to our podcast? Maybe some of them, if their interests align. Okay. Cool. We don't cool. typically talk cool. about good music, though, so... <laughs> I mean, they like My Chemical Romance, so I don't think that's a problem for them. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm making a funny. Uh, Cancelled forever. <laughs> Cancelled by the My Chemical Romance fan base. Mm-hmm. Three Cheers is their best record, Fight Me. Three cheers is better than the Black Parade. Um. No, he he was he was on. A, you should Google it, Sable. There, there there are videos on Twitter. They can see with Jared Way wearing a cheerleader half with. It, it, it's it's an important thing that happened. That's, yeah, it's an important thing in history. An important thing in pop punk history. A, a lot of people on the Twitter were very happy, and theorizing that he would be getting butt-fucked as soon as he was backstage in the dress. Look, let's be real. Gerard Way has definitely been pegged. Oh, sure. I mean, Gerard Way is also definitely a he-they. Is he? Yeah. Is he, is he actually? <laughs> like, yes. is he actually? Like, he's actually okay. said okay, cool. on his Twitter, I think, that he... Uh, I forget which way it goes. One of his two sets of pronouns, or their two sets of pronouns, is exclusively for other queer people because he doesn't like it when straight people call him a certain way, which I can respect. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I didn't know, I didn't know that. Thanks for bringing up those good My Chemical Romance facts, Adam. That's why we have you on the podcast. I guess. (laughs) That's why you should why you should attend every episode of this podcast. Same song, different chorus. That was Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. With final thought, 
It's okay. It's the most okayest record we've done. It's... I have nothing particularly bad to say yet. They're trying really hard to make a pop record, and it's a perfectly perfectly serviceable pop record. I think there are about like two or three songs that I hated from it. Everything else is fine. I, I, I will not change the decision if I hear it on the radio. I would probably never specifically seek it out. It's completely fine. Not in a bad way. It's well-crafted pop. I like the violin. I the, the singer, I think, is the worst part of it. I think he has a not particularly excellent voice. In some tracks, it sort of you can sort of feel that it doesn't have the range to pull off, pull out, pull off to pull off a lot of stuff. But there's nothing critically bad. There's nothing awful. There's nothing amazing. But it's good. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. It's good. It's okay. It's fine. It's catchy. Sometimes. I like it. I think that this is a fantastic album, not because it's a great whole, which I am going to listen to forevermore. It does have some incredibly catchy singles, I'll give it that, and I still think Way Away kicks ass, but there's the fact that I can't remember the last time we had an album go so bonkers instead of just fizzling out like this back half. This is great. I, I as a human fizzled out on the back half, though. <laughs> well, clearly what you need to do is start doing 9-11 tributes while you're doing work on these records. Uh, how much time do we have to fill? Are we done? I think we're done. I was hoping to make a baked apple. Okay. Are you gonna use it to replace your rib? <laughs> what the fuck? If I were gonna make a replacement rib, I'd make it out of clay. Okay. Magic clay? No. Living clay? Just normal clay. Just normal. So this was an episode. You can find us on our website, getoutofthistown.com. You can find us on our email that I don't remember, but it's on our website, so go there. You can follow us on Twitter at GGOOTT Podcast. It's our Twitter. It's good. And you can do things. You can enjoy life. You can enjoy life for... uh, You can enjoy life as long as you have it. Because... We all have a limited time on this earth, and we need to make the most of it. And we spend it listening to (laughs) 2000s pop punk. (laughs) That's sort of sad. So you don't have to. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Except that if you're listening to this podcast, you also have to, because I cut in the music. (laughs) So you're getting the even worse part of the stick if you're listening to us because you both listen to the pop punk and to us a bunch of nobody queers from well toward you to you are from america and i'm from italy but whatever um from the globe listen listen anyone would be blessed to be able to listen to us we're awesome sure plus no other podcast is going to give you the mental image of But yes, you can find me and all my works and terrible, terrible jokes like that at hellscaper.com. Adam? Um, nope, I got nothing. You can find me on Twitter at ACCTheMoon. And we do not have a Patreon, but um, someone wants to edit this episode for me. This is gonna be hell. That's gonna be pure hell to edit. Good night, people. Good night. Bye.
think I've got the time to stick around. I'll catch my flight, make like a pop pumpkin, get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Sucks to be you. It does! It's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But I have a paycheck on Wednesday, and a microphone is cheap. No, it's not. Well, maybe for you, but it's fine. I got dick-sucking microphone money, so there. (laughs) Isn't dick-sucking microphone money for dick-sucking microphones? I don't need a dick-sucking microphone. I need a regular one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, in that case, that's even cheaper if we don't need the mouth.